Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the legendary Jonathan Katz and Tom Snyder. Jonathan Katz makes just an extended stream, a never-ending stream of one-liner jokes. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. <laughs> it's dark in the booth, Jordan. Yeah, we've uh, we've decided to go uh, go to go lights out. Ad- yeah, well, adults only. Yeah, this I, is Jordan. Is this Jordan Jesse Go after dark? Absolutely. Well, it's certainly a more sensual version yeah. of Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-hmm. I like. I like this feeling. No, me too. You know what? I really feel like I could record my lead vocal in this situation. Put a few more scarves <laughs> up on the, you know, on a couple of different windows and stuff, and I could really bliss out. Yeah, I, I feel like I could just really, really get a hold of my own genitals, <laughs> and no one would know. <laughs> Same same diff though. Yeah, sure. Well, shall shall we introduce our shall we introduce our guests? Well, they're exciting guests, so I think we should. Uh, I'm excited about this. Yes, this is episode 250 ish mm-hmm. of Jordan Jesse Go. For that reason, we have very special guests. Mm-hmm. What are we on? 252. Yeah, this is 251. our 250 ish anniversary <laughs> extravaganza. This is our 250th episode since our first episode. Mm-hmm. If you take if you don't count the first episode, which is a an un- unaired pilot. Technically, we aired it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go on the air because we're a podcast. Right. So, anyway, 250th, uh, 250th-ish episode. Very special guests. Um, you know them from, uh, from Dr. Katz. You know them from many other television programs. You know Jonathan from stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Snyder and Jonathan Katz. How are you guys? Good. And I'm, you know what I'm hoping? If this is a really great episode, you might get an ishy. <laughs> oh. A what? An, an ishy. That's for best ish. Oh, I didn't know that. It's the oh, 250-ish. Yeah, yeah. Ishy yeah. Awards. Yeah. yeah. I was at the first uh, Was that annual too complex? Wo- <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> abstruse. <laughs> yeah. Especially for the first thing that you said. Okay. I'll do it later. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold on to that. Do they still do the webbies? I think they, they do, do still do Webby's. Webby's. Yeah, yeah. I was a, a comic at the first Webby's. I was I had just finished working with um, Michael Moore on a TV show called uh, TV Nation. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Charles Fleischer, a wonderful comic, uh, was the MC, and I was the first guy to go on stage at the first Webby's. Well, I, I think it's now a significantly less classy affair. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> what's, what's going on there? Probably, who's, who's probably happens that, Dita probably, Von Teese? Uh, I think annoying orange probably does <laughs> a little time. This is an orange that screams at you. I think I, we saw that on, on, I saw it on the set somewhere. It has its own stand, sound stage. Mm-hmm. Stage. How did you find the? How did you find the Webby audience? They were they were very receptive. Uh, no one paid to get in. I think was part of it. <laughs> Remember David Cross? You can't uh, Cross for stuff on the internet. Yeah. Right. Cross comedy. He uh, had the specials, which were uh, the best of the very special episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is David. This is when you say cross comedy. This is like David Cross's stand up and sketch show from the East Coast, right? From ninety. 
too. Yeah, in Cambridge, and John Benjamin was a member of that troupe. Is that where you guys met John Benjamin? Uh, I knew him from the world of, of stand-up, but Tom met him some some other way, I think. Didn't? I can't remember how, but we were – see, our studio at my house for Dr. Katz was in Cambridge, and Ben – John Benjamin lives in Cambridge. Laura Silverman lived in Cambridge. Will LeBeau, who uh, lived in Cambridge, who was in Dr. Katz. And John lived all the way over in Newton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 that why the car talk guys were on Dr. Katz so much? <laughs> <laughs> we tried. Was it a mere matter of proximity? Wait, did you really try? Yes. yes. Yeah. Wait, what did you do? We didn't try that hard. <laughs> You're like, we want someone on this show to read blonde jokes off the internet. <laughs> I mean, sure, we have brilliant comedians doing, uh, doing original material. We have insufficient uncle humor on this program. <laughs> did you ever see their animated cartoon? Yes. That, unfortunately, yes, I did. Which is like a morality tale in the business of how not to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible. The, the car talk guy. Number one, I'm just going to say up top, I enjoy listening to Car Talk on the radio. I think it's – even though it's my direct competition mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they're going to continue forever despite the fact that they retired like a year ago, um, I I think Car Talk is, an, is a great show. It's wonderful. I have no beef with Car Talk. However, the Car Talk television show, number one, probably not a good idea to do comedy on PBS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just right, right. off the top – Maybe if you're not British, mm-hmm. probably not a good idea to <laughs> yeah. try and do If comedy. no one is being served. <laughs> if it doesn't if you're involve not, someone being served. Let me put it this way. If you're not David McCullough funny, sure. then <laughs> don't you're going to want to. There's just a high bar to, to get to mm-hmm. if you want to try and do comedy on PBS. But they if you don't have that certain Mark Russell something. <laughs> oh God. I didn't even think of oh, Mark Jesus. Russell. <laughs> yeah, I haven't thought of him in years. <laughs> yeah, for good cause. Tom, Tom I was uh, t- PBS asked us to write a sitcom for them. Uh, really? Tom Leopold and I uh, three years ago wrote something and they said, make it about baby boomers. And we wrote it, sent it in and never Heard any? You know, they paid for the script. We, they, we never heard back from them. Wow! It seems like you got a you got a real Hollywood move from PBS. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, you was, think they would have a touchy feelier way to do business? They, Were they calling you Babe the no, whole time? No, they mm-hmm. they weren't ready for that. But uh, it was interesting. Um, they were on tons of blow though. <laughs> doing tons of blow. Oh, gee, they kept on sending out for it. You yeah, know, just, while, they, while didn't send, the they didn't meeting. send a couple. They sent click and clack. Too much PBS. We need a tote bag filled with blow. <laughs> Wasn't the, so. didn't didn't the car talk guys make their enti- didn't their producer their radio producer write the entire run of their animated series? Am I misremembering that? I don't know. I don't know. I think if I remember my current magazine, of course, the newspaper of uh, public radio and television, Mm -hmm. Current, Mm -hmm. uh, online at current.org. If I remember correctly, I think they had their producer write the entire thing who had never written for the screen in his career Mm. and whose primary comedy expertise was gathering things that his godmother forwarded him. In his email box. <laughs> Reader's Digest. Yeah. 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 You know, somebody – I taught a comedy class in Cambridge and, and I asked people to do – my students to do a funny uh, piece that was no longer than five minutes. And some guy did uh, some 
about an intervention about a guy who couldn't stop forwarding emails. It was really funny. <laughs> I don't have it now, but you have to trust me. I'm I'm <laughs> really happy to be at a place in my life where pretty much nobody forwards me anything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I mean, yeah. I think that it's. I think that now. I mean, the main. I think culprit of forwarding was like was moms and grandparents, but I right. think all of them have since Facebooked. So I think that's where all that stuff resides. But that's easy to not see. Uh, that's an actual astute analysis because that's where they are. Yeah, and you don't do Facebook that much, probably, right? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I've only I only got on it last year, and I, I I'm fairly active on oh. Facebook. I'm active-ish, but yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that the moms and grandmas and you know weird uncles of the world are posting blonde jokes and sparkly gifts, but that's just where they're doing it. Would you like to see the Facebook algorithm have controls for Mm -hmm. uncle and grandma related activities? Uncle filter. Yeah, an uncle filter. Exactly. (laughs) Something that looks for the words Obama and Muslim. (laughs) Um, Right. And then filters that out. Something that looks for if you don't do this, then this. Sure. And filters it out. What does what does Ford really stand for? <laughs> something about Chevys and Fords? I don't know. Isn't that what an uncle would forward to you? An uncle would definitely forward you something about I, I Chevys apologize, and Fords. I apologize, but everything you say is going to remind me of some joke. Please. Of, Great. Of mine, probably. This is theoretically a stand-up com- uh, yeah. uh, comedy program, so. But um, Dirty Harry was a wonderful <laughs> franchise for an actor named Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Not such a good name for an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and out. Yeah. But John, I got to tell you. But I, that killed at the Webbies. Yeah. <laughs> 25 years, I think I've, I know every joke that you've told before. Right. But I don't. Huh. That. What that's brand new. But yeah. you don't. Do you know every joke that you've told before, Jonathan? No, no I have. I have no memory of. It. It's all a blur. <laughs> Do you but have I mean, a note also, card system like the like the guy who was the counterpoint to Jerry Seinfeld in the comedian movie? No, but oh, I, yeah. I have a database of jokes. But some of them are just like bullet points. Like I'll see the word. Um, uh, there's one word that makes no sense to me. I think it's what. What are there's a there's a Aborigine. I had an Aborigine joke, but I have no idea what it was. <laughs> I bet it was good. Yeah, I do like the idea of it being a database. You know, I like that you had to have some database skills to you, put it together. You know who, uh, who in FileMaker Pro? Rob, Robert Klein has a database of jokes. Yeah, the Joan Rivers documentary. She has a very oh, right. intricate cards. Uh, note card system. Right. It's all yeah. on like old time, right. like a library card catalog. Yeah. Right. And, but it is actually separated into categories. But now you don't have to do that with your joke database, which is not really a database. It's just a list of right. all the jokes. But right. you can do a, you can do a <laughs> search. search. And, yeah. uh, so search. you guys someday are going to take your kids to Disneyland, I'm guessing? Yeah. I don't think – I don't know if Jordan will ever find love. But um, sure, I, I do have uh, a child. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when you go there, you should go to the – I'm to, difficult. To the library there because they, <laughs> they use the uh, – they use the um, Huey, Louie, and Dewey decimal system. <laughs> Another way I've never Love it. No notes. <laughs> How far will this guy go to make a joke? <laughs> 
I've had te- I've had telephone I've had telephone conversations with you, Jonathan. I think it, mm-hmm. when you started podcasting many years ago, this right. was in the like we're looking at two thousand five, two thousand six, right. something like this. Um, your manager, I think, emailed me, or maybe you'd been on the show. We were trying to figure this out before right. we couldn't remember, but. Um, someone, someone had connected the two of us and, and set us up to have a phone conversation about podcasting. And you were asking me for sort of serious RSS feed related advice. <laughs> I still know, don't know what that stands for, RSS. Really simple syndication. Oh, did this is the kind of advice you were looking yeah. for from me. <laughs> right. I think there was like a 20% actual words and questions to 80% <laughs> jokes from your act. Right. <laughs> well, I can't really keep up a – I can't give you a straight answer for long. <laughs> I think that's probably the problem. Ask him a serious question. Yeah, ask me a serious question. Oh, what's a good serious question to ask um, him? So, John, what, what, were your, what were your feelings on election night? <laughs> Well, you know, I uh, again, I wish my my dad had lived to see a Hawaiian in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, Great. we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jesse Thorne here, proprietor of MaximumFun.org. Look. We had a great time in the Poconos and everything, but there's no way we are forgetting about our annual trip to Lake Arrowhead here in Southern California. So, unless the world ends first by Mayan prophecy, Max Funcon West will be held May 31st through June 2nd, 2013. Join us for a showcase of elite stand-up comedy performers in the woods, plus informative classes and talks from some of the best creative minds in the nation. If you've been to Max FunCon before, get ready to reunite with your old friends. And if you're a first-timer, get ready to make a whole ton of new ones. Registration will open up on Black Friday, November 23rd, the day after Thanksgiving, at MaxFunCon.com. Max FunCon pretty much always sells out, and we don't expect this year to be any different. Remember, go to MaxFunCon.com. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jonathan Katz, professional person. (laughs) Tom Snyder. Period. Period. Yeah. You know what? Period is a really solid nickname. I think it is too. (laughs) First time out on Jordan Jesse Go, you come up with Tom Snyder, period. I like it. It's definitive. It's even a little aggressive. Yeah. It kind of has a don't fuck with me quality that I like. Sure. Absolutely. Like Like that red suit that Eddie Murphy wore in Delirious. Is that raw? Isn't it kind of a conversation stopper, question mark? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, Tom Snyder period, and then we all just stare at each other for 30 minutes. Um, I had had an unusually stressful meal the other day that I kind of wanted to present to you guys, and I I wanted... Can I stop you there? You may. No, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Um, and I wanted to see if you guys think that I – if there's anything I could have done to, to, to help in this situation. OK. Um, so I am, I, am, I, am, I am sitting alone at breakfast. Um, I brought a book 
Is this in a what kind of uh, what kind of institution are we talking about here? Uh, it's like a diner. A diner type establishment, a classic yeah. American, a retro theme. Uh, no, just a just standard diner, not contemporary not, not diner. What, 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 this, is, kind of uh, this is Joey's in in, uh, in West Hollywood. Right. Do you go out to breakfast regularly? I'm sorry that I'm derailing this. No, no, already, that's okay. But... Uh, I'm 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 enjoying it more and more these days. I really? used to not care about uh, an out breakfast, but uh, I kind of like it. It's a nice treat. What are you getting? Like eggs over easy or something like that? Yeah, eggs over easy. You know, I was gonna guess exact same thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what? We are just... yeah. we are right here. Do you think I? You think I? I mean, I I like eggs over easy. Because I'm such an easygoing guy. Probably. Is that probably where that comes from? It might be the taste. Yeah. The, also. the delicious it might be taste. a combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. I like my eggs over easy, my women loose. <laughs> <laughs> um, my so, signal scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so I'm eating, I have this book, but I, I get really, really interested in eavesdropping on the table next to me. Um, it's, it's this woman, this very striking woman. She's, she's got you know red hair, glasses, and she's in like a very professional suit, but her sleeves are pushed up just enough to where you can see like she has like tattoo sleeves. Jeez. Um, when you say striking – yeah, you mean erotic? Yes, I mean, I mean, yes. This is this. Yeah, I mean, hard. an attractive young woman. Yes. someone to get the blood pumping. Mm-hmm. Very healthy. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just really, really, right. really hit all of my specific avenues. This this woman, uh, and she was on a job interview. She was interviewing. So she was being interviewed, um, and it seemed like it was kind of a job as a like a reality show producer. I guess she was talking about having worked on a Miami Inc. Which is a show about tattoos and right. the the getting of them. She had also worked on a show about having red hair, <laughs> right? Yeah, and of course a business clothing show, right? And uh, vintage glasses shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, with Lisa Loeb. With Lisa Loeb. Um, so you know, I was I was kind of eavesdropping, and I could tell she was she was floundering. Um, I could tell that they wanted. Um, they wanted someone to be out in the field and she had not really been in the field but was trying to like, you know, just kind of pick and choose some times where she was in a field and, uh, you know, maybe could have. gathering wildflowers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so oh, – and I should back up a little bit. We, we've we talked on this show about the 30 Rock episodes where they do Queen of Jordan, right? Yeah. This you is guys, – have you guys are, seen these episodes of 30 Rock? There's been a two or three of them where – it's a reality show parody, and the theoretical reality show is about Tracy Jordan's wife, played by a famous woman who's famous for something else. Yeah. Besides being on The View. Yeah, and it's kind of a it's kind of a just a send up of those Bravo trashy reality shows. But but right. the Thirty Rock cast is still in it. It's still an episode of Thirty Rock. It still stars Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey, but has these little bumpers where it'll parody a, parody a reality show. And it has uh, and it has this one really funny, uh, outrageous gay guy. Yeah, Defuan. Yeah, and his signature drink, Defuan. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so so I'm listening to this woman. I'm just like feeling for her. Uh, I'm just like you know I don't want this person that I'm so attracted to to be having a bad time. I want mm-hmm. nothing but success for her. Right. Like I want her to be successful, and I'm 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 feeling. And I've also been in that job interview capacity where you're like not qualified, but you're trying to spin it a little bit. Um, so I'm having a lot of a lot of empathy pains for her, um, and uh, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, 
Uh, and I also have a and I also have a painful erection in public. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so anyway, so the woman who's interviewing her asks, "So have you seen our show?" And she says, "Oh yes, I love your show. I mean, it's I think you guys do some really interesting stuff. All the characters are so well drawn." I mean, reality shows are so trashy these days. Have you seen this one, Queen of Jordan? <laughs> Have you seen Queen of Jordan? She's like, it's about Tracy Morgan's wife or something, and the characters are just so trashy <laughs> on this show. This, this is the interviewer asking. This is the interviewee. Oh. Oh. It's trying to – and that- I – Disaster movies are getting more and more ridiculous. Have you seen this movie Airplane 2? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? The British government is so wasteful. Do you know that they have a ministry just for silly walks? (laughs) Can you believe how much money they're wasting? I mean, why do we – why should the government fund that? So – and I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like I want to save – like I want to save her. I want to like – I want to step in somehow. I'm like, okay – paper airplane do i throw her a paper airplane saying that's a sketch stop talking about it and she really went on and on like i was thinking about like just going over to the table and just saying excuse me i need to see you outside and not and just seeing if she would come outside with me so i could go hey fucking don't stop doing this anyways uh yeah i just kind of sat there and let it happen the interviewer didn't say anything about it but it's possible it's possible that the interviewer did not know what it is she didn't uh i don't think she did if she did she didn't call her on it i recently learned that not everyone watches every episode of 30 rock which is a shame seems weird i know seems odd is it possible she was being ironic Maybe, maybe she, yeah. Do you think she could have been tanking on purpose? <laughs> Did you she could have been paid to take a flop. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe she was, maybe the, the person interviewing after her sent her in to take a dive. Yeah, you can you pay ever, those people. Can huh. you see the movie about a bear with Alec Baldwin? Uh, sure. That's a, it's, it's a David Mamet movie. It's a movie. David Mamet uh, movie. Yeah, the, the, that's not called The Wild. It's called something else. Right. The Edge? The Edge. Oh, The Edge, yeah. Sure. I, I went to see it uh, in the daytime because I, I was available. And I, it was at the <laughs> Chest, Chest, sure. Chestnut Hill Cinema in Newton. And there was only one other person in the theater, a guy older than me. Mm-hmm. And because I can't shut up, I had to say to him, I'm pretty sure there's a scary bear in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the story you were telling reminded me of uh, when I was younger. I had a girlfriend at Bard College, and I was experimenting with drugs that I should not have experimented with, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I did. <laughs> and uh, there was a young woman sitting. I don't know if you guys are old enough to know about this, but there was a guy named Art Linkletter whose daughter killed herself because she was high on LSD. She just – she was – I knew that there – I was there with you through there was a guy named Art Linkletter. Yeah. I knew about that. I knew that was a guy. Well, he had a daughter who took LSD and took her own life. But anyway, so this – I was at Bard College and there was a girl sitting by – just by this – Creek. It was a beautiful sunny day. She was reading a book, and because I had taken LSD, I approached her and I said, "Don't jump." I mean, she was just minding. She was reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I don't know. That was a kind of heroic act you wanted to perform. Yeah. With, the, with this redhead. You, gosh, if only you could somehow speak into the minds of beautiful women. Yeah. I would I would use it mainly to help them with job interviews. Sure. I wouldn't use it to no. get sex for myself. Sure. Convince them that they're haunted by a horny ghost. <laughs> what did you do? I heard something amazing earlier today. I was out to lunch at a Cuban restaurant here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people sitting behind me I was like my wife was really distracted by my son who right now is eats off the table. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to do it. He just eats off the table. And like he he takes things off of the plate, puts them on the table. And no, then he them? we can't have a plate. Okay. Not someone else's plate. Our plate maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz we're financially responsible for that plate. But Okay. He, he will have, break the plate. He would break the plate. Okay. But, and not out of some sort of malice. Sure. Not out of a sense of – Not a sort of some sort of plate racism. No. <laughs> yes. He's, well, he's yeah. not against China. He has a lot of stuff on his plate. <laughs> <laughs> he's very busy. Very busy. So the people sitting directly behind me, again – Wait, hold on. Oh, wait. So – so Teresa's do you, get, busy. you just dump food on the, the table for him? Like yeah. dump a bag of Cheerios? Well, you can only give – here's the other thing. Uh-huh. There's a lot of things that babies aren't very good at. Mm-hmm. So he can use his hands to put food in his mouth. And he can chew food a little bit, although he does not have uh, – what's that? Molars, mm-hmm. right? The chew ones. So he doesn't have molars, but he can chew food a little bit. So if you give him a small piece of food, too small for him to choke on, he'll, he can pick it up, put it in his mouth, and he's into that. He thinks mm-hmm. that's great. But if you put all of his food in front of him at once, he doesn't know to chew and swallow in between putting things in his mouth. So he'll put things in his mouth until there are no more things in front of him right. is it and possible, then choke and die. <laughs> is it possible that he's just preparing for hibernation? That's also – that is entirely winter, possible. This is, will be his, his first winter. Yeah, absolutely. He's prepping for that remake of The Edge. Uh-huh. Does he have a middle name? Uh, he has two middle names. My father's name, Lee Everett. Can I suggest – Glutton? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. So my wife is busy with the baby and the slow – I mean the downside is that babies don't eat very fast because every piece of food they eat is about the size of a pea, right? Wait, is this Cheerios? No, this is not Cheerios. It seems weird that a baby would eat something else, but I assure you it wasn't. Okay. Um, is was, that part of the story? I feel like I'm prodding you to tell me what it was, but is that like a punchline? It was a, it was pieces of a Cuban sandwich. It was no, it okay. was nothing. Oh Not, god, some Cuban French, sandwich. some French fries. Okay, um, but the point is, I'm that sorry, my, I insisted. My wife was too busy for this, and mm-hmm. so I heard it. Too busy to notice this. Mm-hmm. I heard it, and I got so excited, I had to figure out what to do. I ended up writing it onto my. Cell phone because the, cl- the tables were close together. I had to write it onto my cell phone and hand it to her and say, "You just got a text message," mm-hmm. <laughs> so that she could read the thing that the people behind me said. But w- the woman sitting directly behind me said, "Do they have tamales? I'm just going to order two tamales." And then uh, the other person uh, sitting there with her said, "Now, tamales. What is that?" I probably a good explanation would be not something that's served at a Cuban restaurant. <laughs> right. That would probably be. But I found myself I found myself increasingly in that situation where what I really want to do is write something that I heard someone do or say mm-hmm. on my phone and then go through an elaborate ruse where the premise is that the person has the to person look at. at my table has, has got to see this. 
That's anybody who works in audio is has legitimate excuse for being an eavesdropper. <laughs> that's not true at all. I, I think so. <laughs> that's just that's just a self justification. Well, you know, my my wife and daughter always accuse me of not being in the room where they're having the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I. I they shouldn't speak in such a uh, a loud voice if they 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 know that I'm a, that I listen. You know, I I like the idea of you hanging around your house with one of those parabolic spy microphones, <laughs> just pointing it at members of your family. The acoustics in my, the the acoustics in my home are great for eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, is that why is that why you did, Tom? Is that why you decided to record your new show at Jonathan's house? Just because of the you came in and you did some snaps. You know, the only floor that had eight eight different places that we could isolate actors was the basement. So we we're down in his basement and doing this. And Tom show. Leopold, this extraordinary comic actor, is in in the cedar closet. Yeah, <laughs> which is, it smells great. And yeah. uh, well, we, he doesn't have to worry about moths. <laughs> That's true. And also, uh, we have used John's car in his garage, which is part of the basement, and and run a wire out, and someone sits in the, in the van. Car. Yeah, in, in the, the car. van, totally yeah. isolated and, and dead. It's a great sound in a car yeah. for recording. Yeah. yeah, this is insane to me. Okay, so let's talk about different places. You said eight people are recording mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. and because of the fact that uh, I presume that this is uh, like Doctor Katz, this is. At, at most, semi-scripted, right? Precisely. It has an outline, most of which is written in the third person. Okay. So I'll say, John, you suggest to so-and-so that you're not comfortable with su- such, but I don't put words in his mouth. Right. So the, the – th- you might want to work a little tighter even though, even though you – That would mean I have to lean forward in an uncomfortable – all right. <laughs> Let me Sorry. do that because you guys all have great sound. Oh, you sound so rich now. Thank you. Sound pretty oh, rich. So buttery. What mic is this that I'm that's, talking that's to? That's a sure SM7, my oh, friend. Oh, it feels it. That's yeah. that thriller oh. vocal microphone, yeah, my friend. Could you adjust the pleasance control, please? <laughs> uh, can I get a little more talent in the monitors, please? <laughs> <laughs> so you okay? So you have eight actors, and yes. because the way that the way that uh, uh, animation is typically recorded is one person at a time. Yes. So they will send an actor will go into um, an actor will go into an isolation booth. They'll have a director, often not even in the same city, uh, in their headphones. Just reading them the lines that they're supposed to respond to. Now, you guys, because you don't have a script, you can't do that. And because you want to have live interactions and stuff. So you have eight people at the same time in a basement. But, so what but, are the but, places? But Tom is doing what Jesse's doing here. He's both – he's listening and, all, and as a – he's on mic but not going on tape and also in the room I'm in, we have attractive young people who are <laughs> listening um, on a monitor that is feeding back through the, the thing you guys can't figure out to get your engineer on. Uh huh. You know, we <laughs> figure, back. We have figured it out. And, um, okay. and also, if you if you would have more fun doing this in front of a live audience, but you didn't want to get them on tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, I would. I mean, I would really. I think my performance would benefit from you just kind of filling the space with some attractive young people that you know I can look at for approval when I make a remark. Well, we learned this with Doctor Katz, where we'd bring comics in, and they were used to being funny at a club yeah. where they wanted, and mostly guys wanted attractive women to laugh at them because sure. it. 
they were horny, and the horny <laughs> made the comedy good. Mm-hmm. And John sure. is still horny. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> After all these years. Uh, so, so you know, I used to bill myself as the white Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> John, d- describe some of the rooms. How do we... How do we oh, oh. get eight people in your basement well, in ISO? The, we have two offices down there which can accommodate uh, me, Tom, and then three women in the other office. Okay. You, so you, now you you have offices down there and you're not even using them. You're just using them to warehouse attractive young people? Yes. Yeah, that's. It, you know, so this is why someone someone has wait, to sit I, I think, in the van and you, record in the van. Are they? Because the, are you the, need a room for the young women you found. Are you? You know the expression "human trafficking." <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to well, say, are well, they being held against their will? Well, is this a Casper Hauser type situation? Well, or have you been keeping these people since they were infants <laughs> and you're feeding them breadcrumbs? One tip. One tip. Just don't take Liam Neeson's daughter. No, no. <laughs> I've learned, we've learned that. He, He'll do he anything. Will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. He will not save anyone yeah. else. <laughs> and no, he'll but... do it over and over again. Yeah, he will do it once a year. Yeah. You know, what does the term human trafficking mean to you as a young, when you were much younger? Uh, I mean, I mean, like, like a car shaped like a person? Crossing guard. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, human trafficking humor yeah. from yeah. Jonathan Katz, hey, ladies thank and you. gentlemen. Do you, I wonder. <laughs> I, I sometimes <laughs> think about if, like, like sexual satisfaction as it relates to creativity <laughs> like are you like when when you're in a when you're in a healthy regular sexual relationship are you less creative because you don't have that you know are you saying, pent up need to get people to like you are you saying that you save your juices like a boxer before a fight sure yes <laughs> if i have a if i have a deadline or a or a you know talk show packet due this is the worst part about me being interviewed, but I have a serious answer for you, kind of. Like, I would love to hear a serious answer, yeah. And it's not about comedy, but it's like Cole Porter, who was gay in the 30s, 40s, well, his whole life. Mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> Especially in the, in 30s, the 50s. And 40s. <laughs> Pussy magnets. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was hard for him to be in a relationship. Yeah. So he was constantly infatuated. And he was writing the most beautiful love songs day in, day out, because... It was hard to consummate anything. It was hard to, you know, and I felt very jealous as a songwriter that I'm um, not constantly in fact, I don't let myself be constantly infatuated. Do you think that if you were gay, gay, you would be as good as Cole Porter or am I misunderstanding (laughs) this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Jewish. Mm-hmm. Was he Jewish? He was not, but he was one of the few guys doing musical comedy who was not Jewish. Right. Yeah, Tom, Tom writes beautiful songs. In fact, um, one of my uh, flaws, and by the way, speaking of my flaws, you know, I was I was in an elevator in New York City, mm. and I don't go there often, and I'm not tuned into the accent. I get in the elevator. The elevator man says, call out your flaws. I say I'm impatient with the elderly. <laughs> but <laughs> but one, of my, one of my actual flaws is I drop names too often. And Tom wrote a song about that. I, I, I wanted, can you I sing, sing it? Would little? you sing it yeah. now? <laughs> but John, let yeah. me do the backbeat for okay. you. <clears throat> oh, no, it's not that. Boom, 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 boom. Names. Oh, you, that, you're yeah. starting high. You're going to have a hard time. Names. 
I just love to drop them fames. What you get from dropping names of the folks who live in L.A. Yesterday, I was having lunch with Jeffrey Katzenberg. By the way, he sends his love to you and you. Oh, thank you. But to use the lyric, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah. Have you tried? Uh, that's that slow clap thing that means nothing. There it goes. But I think what Tom was suggesting to you yes. was a life of celibacy. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to succeed with, with women and the comedy. But a voluntary comedy. life of right, celibacy. Right. Yeah. I have to refuse sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that'll that'll help my creative output. Hey, just get married. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Look hey, out. Mother-in-laws. Hey. Look out. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> You guys have read the Sunday funnies. I feel your pain. It's fun hanging with you guys in the man cave. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Beer me. Yeah. Let's crack open some buds. (laughs) I just ate a whole pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage is so complex. It really is. I've been married for 31 years. Two beautiful kids, a couple of kids not so attractive. (laughs) (laughs) I I met my wife in New York City on Christmas Day, 1979, she didn't know it was Christmas. I didn't know it was 1979. <laughs> John, didn't, didn't you? Um, can I set this up sure, for you? Please. Didn't you um, <laughs> recently celebrate? Uh, oh yeah, thirtieth. That's right. We decided, my wife and I, uh, to go away and renew our vows of celibacy. <laughs> 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 Is this what you guys do just in your day-to-day life? Yeah, well, Are you just at the at the diner ordering hash browns? <laughs> and you're and Tom, you think, oh, I can set Jonathan up good right now. You know, we referred earlier to Jonathan's database. Mm-hmm. You're looking at him. Wow. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Is it string or boolean? <laughs> uh, is that a computer joke, John? It's a computer reference. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to tell David Mamet that uh, that I had a database, and he would say Stringer Boolean, because that's all I knew. It was a company called Memory Mate. These are types of search. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are types of search. Yep. Um, okay. So this is something that this is something that needs to be expanded because sure. his name has come up twice now on the program. Nibbles. Dave, yes, Nibbles. <laughs> your parrot. <laughs> the parrot that always interrupts your recordings right. that we were talking about before the show. Um, I think that – I think it would be tough. I'm going to start by saying this. I think it would be tough to compete with Newhart and Rickles for celebrity friendships. However, the lifelong friendship between you, Jonathan, and David Mamet, that's like probably second, right? Can you think of one comparable? I mean now that – Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are done. I mean, I know that was a marriage and not a friendship. I, I mean, know, there's some uh, good what, marriages. Are they, yeah. are they no longer married? They, they aren't. They broke yeah. up recently. Really? Isn't that terrible? Oh. That's the one where you're like, yeah, that's it. Is... Like when you heard they were married, didn't you think to yourself, oh, yes, of course they're married. But you know what I would never say about them as a couple? That they would have beautiful children. <laughs> 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 and I admire their work. David wrote a wonderful joke for um, Danny DeVito in Heist. I think it was Danny DeVito who did the joke, but it has to do with the road uh, to hell is paved with good intentions. 
but at least it's paved. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is one of the most David Mamity things in yes. history. Yeah. Like that, I feel like he was trying to out himself himself with that line. Well, I think is to some extent his life has been an effort at refining the David Mamity-ness mm-hmm. of all David Mamet things that he does, right? Hey, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the ultimate actress to work with David Mamet is my mother-in-law <laughs> because she can't finish a sentence. Uh, you know, she she really – she speaks Mamet. <laughs> a- ask me a question. I'll be my mother-in-law. Ask me anything. OK. Do, do you, where, do you, where do you have any half and half here? I'm trying to put some cream in my coffee. I don't know if the – <laughs> That's good. You, you know, I. She's somebody who's she's now eighty six years old. Mm-hmm. So you're making fun of someone who is um, losing their yeah. memory. Yeah. We already yeah. know he's impatient with the elderly. I, ta- <laughs> I talk. I went to get her a, a, a dress a couple of years ago in Beverly Hills, and the woman asked me what she likes, and I said she's into death and morbidity. <laughs> and she said, "Let's go to handbags." <laughs> <laughs> So what when when a when a Jonathan Katz and a David Mamet hang out? What what do you guys do? We, do we you... talk in code. Oh, okay. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about our work. We talk about our kids sometimes, our wives. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't talk about. We don't have normal conversations. Hmm. You know we. Um, and why would he you... might he might say to me, "This is an interesting." Uh, SOQ situation in, at, at around two o'clock. And then, and that would what's mean an that SOQ would, situation. Tell me, I gotta know. Oh, I know. That would mean a woman with a strange Oriental quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh. what, we, what we often refer to as an Asian. <laughs> but. Um, Oh, I can't believe I gave away a code. Yeah, now we know we have a. Yeah, do you know the binary it's fun. code? It's like being friends with you guys. Yeah. Um, I I don't know the binary code. Oh, uh, there's a zero in there. Yep. You know that. The Tom. I never can remember what the other one is though. Tom didn't break the binary code, but he did uh, build a computer when he was 14 years old. IBM sent a truck with all the parts of a. He needed to construct a computer. Yeah, it's a whole other story. I was a serious, serious computer geek in 1962. Ooh, wow! That's when that yeah. that I mean that meant something. That it, was it. Really did. Sure. Were you using what what kind of activities were you using your computer for? Are we talking about Get, controlling a model train layout? <laughs> oh no, no. The, the, oh man, it's hard to explain how primitive computers were back then, but it was mostly trying to make something that could add two numbers together or something like that. <laughs> this is mainly, you, had, you had punch cards, right? Did you have a, a uh, no, series I had of punch cards? electromagnetic relays that I wired together. Uh, and with my, I did use my electric train transformer to power the computer, though. So, this yeah. does sound, you know this is, sounds sad more than anything else. It does, <laughs> yeah, because you strip the wire. Uh, <laughs> do you guys ever strip wire? Yeah, I've ripped strip wire with a wire stripper. Yeah, but you can also do it with your teeth in that gap. I was just right trying there. to get my oh. way through medical school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I often had insulation in my teeth. So I was not that attractive. I me. mean, on the plus side, there's a lot Wait, of th- chicks th- who are into that, building computers. Do you think that so what, joke what, what, would be better if you said I was trying to – I was if you said, have you ever stripped wire? And you say, I was just trying to make my way through electrician school. Yeah, Is what? that a stronger joke? And let, let me ask you, what Jesse, what you found sad about the story? 
Because I know that a, a person in 1962 building a computer at home is lonely. <laughs> well, I yes. think this was one, one, of, one of the few times that... <laughs> There's no way for that not to be a lonely activity. Didn't your, didn't your dad help you in some way? Yeah, he helped me build the, the wood frame uh, for the computer. But it was... I was lonely, but when you're 12 and you're obsessed or, or a geek, you don't know you're lonely. And your dad, your dad helped you. Your dad helped you build the like the structure, like the cabinet that yeah. it was built into. You, the cabinet. The was tr- he was he just like with every with every screw that went in? Was he just going homo? <laughs> <laughs> he was. He's like that was the drill. <laughs> he was so incredibly frightened for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess nerd awareness is a relatively new phenomenon. I guess that. Yeah, you don't. Maybe you, there wasn't a name for it back when you were putting together but a computer. I'm surprised guys, that Nerd has come back because, like, there's the Nerdist podcast, and and for a while there it disappeared. And if you said Nerd, everyone said, "What? God, that's an old term." And then it became geek. Yeah, it was kind of like groovy for a while. Yeah, but now it's back, and we're cool. Sure. Yeah. I re- I read a great book about the origins of the idea of nerdiness. Oh, American Nerd: The Story of My People. You got that's it. A very good. That's book. the very. That's the very book. Mm-hmm. It uh, one of the first one of the first um, uh, nerd characters in fiction was Gussie Fignottle, mm-hmm. if I'm getting that correctly, from uh, from one of the Jeeves and Worcester books. Not his real name. He's obsessed <laughs> with. He's obsessed with newts. Ah. Oh, the creatures? Newts? Yes, newts the creatures. No, not people named newt. Okay. (laughs) No, because they're maybe just speakers of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I got a new Tip (laughs) O'Neill. But what's the difference between a newt and a salamander? Uh, I think a newt is aquatic. If I remember correctly, I had newts as I had a couple newts as a kid. Yeah, not a fire bellied newts. Yeah. I think the mistake you're making is you think John was asking you that as a question. That's probably <laughs> yeah, that was a, a joke. joke. <laughs> no, no, no. That's I was from gonna, your newts, newts and salamanders chunk. No, I was going to say, can, can we just split the difference? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, give me the it courage! <laughs> right, oh. Jonathan just goes to the library, pulls yeah. out a reference book, in this case some sort of field creature identification <laughs> manual, well, you know, and just starts writing jokes. You know, things, things for me are going so well. I, I mean both uh, professionally and personally and romantically. I, I, have a, I, I pay a guy now to come in once a week just to count my blessings. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I yeah. want to get back, uh, Tom. I want to sure. get back to this computer. Yeah. It is a key issue. Yeah. What was the highest? Achi- what was the grandest achievement of this computer? The grandest achievement, uh, which I rarely get asked, is at twelve. I went to a college science fair held at Brandeis University and came in third. Oh. Wow! You beat the you beat the grownups. I beat. Uh, and, you know, there were some uh, teachers who had put some – I beat a nun who had done a <laughs> – You should just leave it there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I beat a nun. But I, I have a question. Well, she had it coming to her. Yeah, up yeah. in the parking lot. Right. I, uh, the question about loneliness, yeah. can I bring it down to a fairly yeah. – I yeah. am so curious. I'm surrounded by funny guys. Um, were you emotionally stable and well put together at 12, any of you? No. I mean – 
No, but are but, there people who are emotionally stable and put yeah. together at twelve? I don't but, no, know, but, but right? I think just late bloomers who fall apart at thirteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's funny. I think people between the age of thirteen. This is a theory I made up the mm. other day. Between whatever you learn to do between the ages of thirteen and seventeen, and you don't have to go blue here. Whatever it is you learn how to do at that age, you're never going to be better at anything else. Don't say <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> yeah. To be, I, to be fair, that is what I'm best at. <laughs> I mean, what, what did Jesse? What did you learn how to do very well between the, those ages? Afro Haitian dance, obviously. <laughs> sure. Um, I still remember the Afro Haitian dance songs. Right. Um, one went. Uh, Toto sakila se buena pulue, sapulue, sapulue ja, eche la bumba, se buena pulue ja blow. Take it to the bridge. Yeah. I mean, Jesse, I, I have never heard you do that before. Uh-huh. And I've I've worked with you in a lot of capacities. Sure. And in a variety even of dance capacities. Sure. I will say now. Modern. Tash. <laughs> I will say now that is what you're best at. Thank you. Yes. And, and what that was is... it? What was it that you got extremely good at between those ages? God, um, I mean, making making VHS tapes of Mystery Science Theater on oh. TV. That's not. That's I a didn't valuable... have a lot of yeah. hobbies. I guess I did a lot of like high school plays. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't say that I'm a good actor. Well, you got really good at high school level acting. That's true. That's true. I could act like a guy in a high school play. <laughs> you can be emotionally distant yeah. from your acting performance. Sure. And but I can do a funny old man voice. Yeah, exactly. You can, can I hear that? Huh? Uh, sure. Uh, where's the buttermilk? Ah, it's perfect. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that that was, that killed in Our Town. Yeah. <laughs> Better line, that maybe. in the Capo Valley production of Our Town. That was a good production. I yeah. do a dead-on uh, impression of R.V. Bendret. Hmm. Who's that? Well, what he said to me one day was, the whole goddamn thing is theater. <laughs> and that's a perfect that impression. That is the best yeah. I've heard. A he lot just, of people – I just saw I saw Rich Little, Rich Little in Vegas. I also do Rich and Little. his was a B-minus <laughs> version of that. Of right? what? Uh, could you the, re- repeat the name of the I've performer? Been, did, <laughs> yeah. I just did. Did you not hear it? <laughs> I, did. I just did just now. Arfi Bendred. I guess you know he was a friend of my friend Coco the Savage Pekalis. <laughs> who who was a professional wrestler in the 1950s? <laughs> She's this wonderful woman who was married, is married to a guy named is it David Dalton, who writes about the Rolling Stones, uh, or an author who writes about music. John, are you secretly hoping that we're going to finally ask you what you were good at between 13 and 17? We already did that brilliant impression. <laughs> oh, no, is that I, what you learned then? Well, no. Uh, what I learned was how to play table tennis and, and became <laughs> one of the top players in the country ultimately. Really? Yeah. I was New York State champion when I was 18. Wow. Do you still rank? I do rank, but it has nothing to do with table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Rank is smell. As a smell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, could you could you still could you still could you go to a could you go to a bar and hustle some dudes at table tennis if you I probably could walk into a bar, you know, a yeah, table probably, tennis yeah. bar, <laughs> you know, those things that exist. I could, no, I, I, if I walked into a table tennis club, I would be demolished by almost every twelve-year-old girl there. Hmm. 
Um, I did hear something reasonable uh, recently that the the that teen brain is a little more malleable than as people originally thought, and I have heard something similar that that is a good time to learn stuff. Yeah, there, there, there was yeah. a woman talking about this on This American Life the other day. They did uh-huh. an all uh, an all middle school. Oh, episode, maybe that was it. And a right. woman was saying because your brain is growing its most during your adolescence, during your like like eleven, twelve, thirteen. Um, outside of outside of infancy and toddlerdom, it's the other time when your brain and, and body are growing the fastest. The, the things that you learn then stick with you the most. Yeah, I mean that that's sense. why I'm yeah. so good at Afrohaitian. Yeah, and that's well, t- why I can basically recite from beginning to end any Simpsons episode from seasons three to five. <laughs> <laughs> and I can clog. <laughs> can you actually clog? No. Okay. Oh, oh, no. Come on, Snyder. No. Don't Not tease fair. us. Okay. <laughs> but Tom, you once were trying to convince me uh, or explaining to me that mm-hmm. who you are, most of who you are, is determined by what happens to you in the first two years of your life. Well, that's true. I mean, your personality is yeah. pretty set. It's depressing, but what is it? What are the things that it's set by? I can't remember. Let's say I want. Let's say I want my son Simon, who's still in the first two years yeah. of his life. He's only fifteen months old. Let's say I want him to be a real hard ass. <laughs> you can just lock him yeah. into something. <laughs> that shouldn't lock be him hard. Somewhere. Yeah. You wanted to be able to tech, protect his parents someday. Yeah, I want him to be able to get somebody in his sights and take him down. So just run yeah. some drills where you're in danger. Right. You know, some sort of danger simulation. Right. Like, uh, like I could hire a guy. Mm-hmm. I could look look on the wait look on the street. So I'll find a guy with a knife. Yeah. Hire him to come into my house mm-hmm. and threaten just me. Just wave a knife. it around, and yeah, and then Simon has to. Or stop you could it. just do it yourself and scare him as his father, which is what were? my dad's technique was. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no! Now it's sad again. Yeah, I'm sorry, oh. but um, are you already afraid that your son might be a homosexual? If my son was a homosexual, I would frankly be relieved. Relieved. Because I'll tell you why. Number one. I live in a time and place where I think the burdens upon him for being a homosexual would be greatly reduced. There are still burdens about being different from most of your peers because, um, you know, it's, it's one in eight to one in 12 people depending on who you ask. But, but I think that th- that it would be ameliorated by the fact that he would probably grow up in a gay positive environment. I think you're going to talk about Amelia Earhart. I got so excited. <laughs> 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 and I mean, I think at the end of the day, transatlantic flight is <laughs> just not suitable for a woman. I know. I, no, but the odds are, if 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 you have a son, it's immoral. I just son, think it would be nice because I think um, I think it, he would he would be led into a culture of, you know, having having fun and uh, making art. Mm-hmm. But if you have a son who's who's homosexual as a child. By the time he's an adult, there's a good chance he'll be gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. What's Bill Broaddus' joke? I'm sorry, oh, but yeah, we he, might as well attribute yeah, it. Yeah, Bill Broaddus, who was Dr. Katz's first patient and a, a superb comedian, his joke was he j- had just moved to San Francisco and somebody said to him, you know, uh, Bill, there are a lot of uh, gay people. You should know that in San Francisco. And he said, Bill, if I see two guys kissing, I'm pretty sure at least one of them is gay. <laughs> 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 um, on the topic of of the kind of the the fun community around homosexuality, I uh, I had kind of an interesting 
election night, um, I decided to try being gay. Sure. I didn't. Um, me and my me and my buddy uh, Ian were kind of thinking of something to do. Like there were some like election parties and there was some, some sort of beer garden-y thing happening downtown where people were watching the election. And we kind of decided that that was – the whole thing was a little too stressful and that like maybe wasn't the environment we wanted to be in. So uh, we smoked some pot and went to go see The Man with the Iron Fist. (laughs) (laughs) What is The Man with the Iron Fist? Uh, It's kind of a like intentionally retro looking kung fu movie. It's a movie directed by the RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This is not a good film. No one should see it. Unless you kind of like to watch fat Russell Crowe ham it up, which I did like watching. Mm -hmm. But uh, not, not a lot of other not not a lot else to be said of this movie. Anyways, um, so you know, we kind of got out of the movie and we're like, well, let's go back to to Ian's house and and turn on the TV and see how it went. Like, let's not look at our phones. Let's not see what Twitter is saying. Let's let's go and you know just sit down and uh, and just kind of see what happened. Just kind of on the way back, we were passing this restaurant. Um, uh, that would had a bunch of like campaign things up, like had a bunch of like election party favors and things out. And there was this group of nice looking lesbians out front who were passing around balloons and sucking out the helium and doing funny voices. Oh, uh-huh. And I'm like, you know what? I bet Obama won because <laughs> these lesbians are in such a festive mm. mood. <laughs> Look at these and how cheerful. You, how are you able to identify them as lesbians? You know, it was a, it was a little bit of visual stereotyping on my part. Um, right. Maybe they were not, but I think my but they I think, were. I think my my radar's pretty good for that right. at this point. Jordan does live in West Hollywood. The, he lives. In a in a uh, largely mm-hmm. though by no means exclusively gay part of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. where he on a day to day basis has to parse the the romantic preferences sure. of ladies in his environment. Mm-hmm. Well, you know this is I would say you brought up three times so far how the, you've used the word stress, mm-hmm. and that can kill you. <laughs> Saying really the can. word stress. No, no. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. A, it is a. It is a really. It's a serious killer. Yeah. I. I uh, Database. I bought a quart Ooh. of milk today. I looked at the container. It said must sell by December third. I don't need that kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the phone all day trying to unload the milk. <laughs> and that, this is a joke I told in a new, in a soon to be released movie. <laughs> called The Truth About Lies. And luckily, the actor who was playing opposite me was probably one of the three people in America who have never heard that joke before. <laughs> he thought I was making it up on the spot. I have a structural question. Yeah, please. Could you let me know before, right before the end, because I have a question about the internet for you guys yeah. that I think you might have some advice about. We will. And we're, we're going to take a quick bre- break. We'll be back in just okay, a second. Let's not Android forget to talk about Explosion Bus as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Jordan, Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jonathan Ketz. Uh, Tom uh, Snyder. Hey, you know, I was a child prodigy of uh, – this is years ago, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sometimes there's a setup for the jokes. <laughs> Sometimes he just thought of a joke he wants to say. <laughs> um, hey, our sponsor on Jordan Jesse Go, Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. You know, I uh, I used ask.metafilter.com. For what? This week. Uh, I had a little bit of an embarrassing medical problem. Really? I wouldn't. I don't want to get into it too much. Too use, large of an erection. You, <laughs> yes. You, a you, public you, erection. Are you spotting? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm becoming a woman, uh-huh. a young woman. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I, I Googled the problem. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, the stuff that comes up when you just Google the problem is all crazy. And the first word of everything right. is cancer. Right. Uh, and then I, I'm like, well, this is all too crazy. Right. Surely I don't have cancer. I'm invincible. Right. <laughs> sure. Like all teenagers. Like all teens. I, like all young women. I'm invincible. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what Metafilter has to say about it. And I, I saw a lot of very reasonable people saying some things it could be. All Everybody said, you know, visit your doctor to be sure. But here are some things it could be. And here are some solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. It really uh, eased my mind till I could get to the doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, it was it was really great. It was a really great uh, use, and and definitely a lot of smart people being smart and intelligent. We should mention and, uh, you do have cancer. It turns out yes, you do have but cancer. But for a couple hours, <laughs> yeah. you know, it actually wasn't cancer. The doctor just said I need to use a softer toilet paper. <laughs> gotcha. It <laughs> um, is actually that's. What happened? Ask.metafilter.com. Charming. Ask.metafilter.com. Who's up on the Jumbotron? Oh. This is a fun one. Great news, Jordan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've got great news. It is a personal ad. Yeah. Chase from Seattle. I'm a 24-year-old social science PhD student who likes thrifting, urban exploring, and long conversations. I'm looking for a Seattle lady with a big heart who likes art museums, trail walks, making awesome things, thinking big thoughts, smiling wide. Oh, Jesse, there's a typo there. It should be big fart. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping big farts. Uh, smiling wide and running straight for the next challenge. If you're crazy about something... I want to meet you. And postscript on this one, my beautiful wife, Teresa, has met Chase, who is a MaxFun donor and has been to uh, MaxFunCon. She met him at MaxFunCon. She verifies that by her impressions of having spoken to him, he is uh, uh, really nice and not weird. So if you're a lady in Seattle, you want to go on it, you want to talk to Chase, you want to send an email to Chase, Mm -hmm. email us at jjgo at maximumfund.org. If you're proud of your flatulence. (laughs) Jordan, no. No, no. It doesn't actually say that in here. That is not something it actually says here. This guy is actually trying to find true love through (laughs) the best means possible. Jordan, Jesse, go. Yeah. And it's clear that the best thing for him, for any lady in Seattle to do is email jjgo at maximumfund.org. You know, include whatever thing you want to say to Chase and we'll forward it on over to Chase. It's that easy. Love. No dick pics. Please, no dick pics. No No more dick pics. 
Can we I have ha- we have enough dick pics. <laughs> Can I give some career advice for anybody listening? Yeah, sure. please. One one thing you don't want to pursue professionally is a career as a communist party planner. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would come How about up. we go on ask.metafilter.com and say, is there any situation in which Jonathan Katz isn't just waiting to say a joke he thought of? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jonathan Katz. Oh, it sounded tough. Yeah. Jonathan Katz. And Tom <laughs> Snyder, uh, boy detective. <laughs> no, Tom. nah, you can have it. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you can have you it. You know what? I would like to be unburdened of the burden of my nickname. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm done you, with it. How do you? What do you guys think about two two stupid nicknames? <laughs> Where they're they're it's going they're going cheap. They're going bucks. cheap. Fifty try, bucks, right? Try period. Yeah, yeah, it's yours. There's <laughs> <laughs> a guy named Mike Bent who books himself as boy scientist. He's a very funny guy. <laughs> okay, wait. So when we were in the break there, uh. At, uh, Jonathan picked, as usual, the best time to to lead into one of Tom's stories, which is <laughs> right. when we were not recording. Um, but this is this was the setup. You and I were talking about you and I were talking about neurological medications. Right, and, and the, I I took a drug um, to help me with some kind of MS symptom that was uh, transient, and it was a drug that had been designed for narcolepsy. Uh huh. And and Tom was and the, that oh yeah oh yeah. So, because the president of my company is the smartest, sweetest, most earnest guy in the world, and self-apologetic, and he's driving a van with a huge number of people in the company to go to a trade show at CES, uh, Consumer Electronics Show. Consumer Electronics Show, and a lot of new young interns and stuff who are going to help in the booth. Attractive young people. And Mm -hmm. Rick uh, turned. Got to have those around. Yes, he turned to the young lady who was also in the front seat of the van, and and everybody could hear it, and he said. I don't want to worry you. And you, it was never a joke coming with mm-hmm. him, you know. But he said, um, I don't want you to worry if you've heard. Uh, and he meant to say uh, narcolepsy because um, – but he said, um, I, you might have heard rumors that I have necrophilia. But um, <laughs> it's being treated. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was <clears> – <throat> Total silence in the van yeah. of all these uh, interns <laughs> who are about to spend a week with him in a hotel. What I'm doing is I'm weaning myself off it with a training corpse. <laughs> it's, a, it's a simulated corpse that I can fuck. Is this going to be a new – is this a new Jordan Morris? Have you been inspired by Jonathan Katz to do all pun-based humor from here on out? I mean – I'm, I mean, it worked, worked out pretty well for him. He's a, he's for a comedy legend. This guy's a comedy legend. You know who's so. not a comedy legend? Me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I thought you were going to say your respect for his talent. <laughs> <laughs> have you lost any, any loved ones in your life? <laughs> uh, 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 no. Not, nothing, no one's significant? No one, yeah. I, I, I've been to three funerals this week, and I'm not a mourning person. <laughs> Oh God! Let's take some calls. Okay, when something right. momentous, right. when something momentous happens to you, we ask that you give us a call as soon as it happens at two zero six nine eight four four fun. Uh, Brian, w- what do we got here? Let's roll one out. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and uh, esteemed and probably quite famous guest. I'm calling with a momentous occasion, um, but I got a preface. It didn't just happen. It happened earlier today, but I had to listen to an episode to get the phone number. So, a piece of advice. 
put this number in your cell phone because it sometimes becomes important right. when you don't expect it. Right. 206 Anyway, um, I found out today that I'm having a son. That's pretty awesome. It's uh, a lot of people have done it, but uh, I've never done it. So that's really, really great. I'm excited about it, and uh, I guess I'll be calling in about four and a half months with another momentous occasion. But uh, right now I'm feeling really good about myself. Anyway, bye. You shouldn't feel good about it because your math is very poor. Yeah, you should not the, be the, feeling good about yourself. The period of gestation for people now is nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be calling in four and a half months with another yeah. momentous occasion. We lost the baby. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Really? <laughs> it's really – this guy's no, but, a disaster yeah. area. No, but isn't it uh, – at how many months do you find out you're pregnant? Oh, right away. Right? It's, it's a number it's of weeks. not long. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a month. You can find yeah. out a, a easy a month when the, in. When the semen hits the egg, there's actually a very faint bell. Yeah. So sort you can a, know immediately. Ting. Yeah. Ting. Yeah. Uh, John had asked earlier if anyone here has been spotting, and because uh, <laughs> that's another indication. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, let's take another call, guys. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Jess. This is Nick calling from the interstate just outside Atlanta uh, with an momentous occasion. I have just immigrated into the United States. Uh, I'm now off to uh, small town Alabama to uh, enjoy the company of my wife, who I haven't seen in several months. And and I'd like to say that she's wonderful right now, Jessica. And uh, religious and political liberties as well. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I hope that dirty immigrant isn't going to take our jobs. I know he's coming here to start podcasting. No, he's already one he step ahead of us with yeah. that with that buttery accent. I know. You know, if we could bring animation back to this country, everybody would be working instead of shipping it to to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> That's your plan. We could all just draw. <laughs> you guys, you guys are the people who uh, you guys are the people who. Who who dedicated your professional careers to creating technical solutions to the problem of it taking too many people to create animation? <laughs> That's, a fact. Sure. That's a good point. And the yeah. budgets have you know the budget for low budget animation like Doctor Katz in two in ninety four was like two hundred grand per episode. That's all in actors, everything. Right. I mean, you could. You could pay me and Jordan's fees for an episode of Jordan Jesse Go with that, but then you'd have to f- come up with money to pay Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but two hundred grand is so much more than you get for an animated show on Comedy Central now, or you know anywhere else. The amount of money has gone way down because everybody knows kids all by themselves can animate. And- <laughs> Oh, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So. You just have to inflate your craft services budget. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got ten thousand for animation. <laughs> those cocktails with the gold for, flakes in them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so what? What do you guys watch on television besides Thirty Rock? That's I funny. mostly watch not Thirty much, Rock. Honestly, yeah. Not much. What do I? Do you watch Homeland? No, that is a. I've heard that's a laugh riot yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dexter? Don't um, watch Dexter. No showtime between the two of us. I'm enjoying Boardwalk Empire. Well, I like to show. watch uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Never got into it. Archer. I enjoy mm-hmm. watching Archer. Archer's a terrific show. Um, Bob's Burgers. And Bob's I Burgers like Bob's is a very Burgers. funny show. I like to watch 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch old episodes of 30 Rock that I haven't seen. I watch. I actually really do watch a lot of Cheers. <laughs> that sounds like a joke, but no, I really do watch a lot of well, Cheers. Tom Leopold, who's 
my co-star in the explosion bus was a writer. Was yeah. a writer on Cheers. Oh, wow. I watched yeah. the pilot episode the other day just to remind myself, and it was before Diane worked there. Do you mm-hmm. remember in the mm-hmm. pilot she comes in with her – With their fiancé, yeah. And I couldn't believe how the, – the writing was uh, assumed an incredibly educated and intelligent office. Uh, 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 Audience. Thank you. Audience. But yeah. at the time, people mostly – their televisions were very expensive. They, you would only have them in your office. You'd gather <laughs> with your office mates. Sure. It was a, Get I, the gals from the secretarial pool. Sure. But when Sam first Cram met them Diane, in the office. she was reading poetry at the table to her professor uh, – boyfriend and it went on and on it was and he was a british poetry professor mm-hmm. and when he's f- uh, she was finally done um the uh the professor turned to sam and very condescendingly said that's done and sam said thank god <laughs> now that presupposes that you know who done was and now could you possibly get away with doing that joke Even 30 Rock, assuming someone would know. I mean, Archer's mostly Kenny Loggins humor. Yeah, there's a lot of Loggins (laughs) jokes. It assumes a pretty high level of familiarity with Kenny Loggins. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. One day that will be important. And I mean, I, I mean, I mean, and I think really that kind of, that kind of like class and that kind of erudite sense of humor is I think something you guys do well in Explosion Bus. I mean, I watched a great episode set in a cartoon strip club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which yes. is a, gent- a gentleman's club, A gentleman's club, club excuse me. Yeah. I, I like that when Leo is with a stripper and he asks her how her parents are. Or did you do that? How are the folks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the 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 joke in this is that the guy goes goes back with the stripper, but uh, keeps paying her to have a conversation with him. <laughs> yeah. How many how many calls have we got left, Brian? Two calls. Okay, let's let's take we'll take another call here. We got calls to call. Jordan, Jesse, go possible guest. Um, been thinking about that fuck fest and. Um, we have to do some exposition we have to do some exposition for Tom and Jonathan did he say fuck fest? he, he did, did say fuck fest <laughs> that's why we have to explain what's oh. going on so we know that certain social activities are just fronts for fuck fests mm-hmm. the classic example is the renaissance fair so <laughs> what we're trying to do is figure out one of these activities where the sweet spot is, where the fuck fest is highest, but the amount that you would be embarrassed to be there is lowest. So we know that if we go to an anime porn convention, it's going to be a fuck fest. We know that if we go to the Renaissance Fair, it's going to be a fuck fest. We learned last week that the Civil War reenactment is a fuck fest. Uh, there is a, even some man on horse stuff that takes place. Um, but what we're looking for is one of these activities. What is the optimum one of these activities? Um, so uh, hopefully this guy's got a good, a good solid idea. Okay. Um, been thinking about that fuck fest. And um, you said one with dignity, and I don't know if this qualifies as dignity, but uh, Jess, your wife might know this, but law school is a complete and utter fuck fest. It is uh, basically high school because there's only about 200 people in your class and everybody knows anybody, but now we're all old enough and have fucked. So everybody (laughs) sleeps with everybody else. It's super stressful, and worst of all, most lawyers are terrible alcoholics, and so really it is just a mix of 
debauchery uh, and super high stress, and people will leave it by fucking each other. Um, oh, man. I, I guess the dignity part, really, that's more your perspective. Some people think lawyers are quite dignified. Others think that we're just assholes. Uh, anyway, have a nice day. Bye-bye. <laughs> what an odd sign-off. I'm not a litigious man. Best to your parents. <laughs> Wow. I think yeah I I don't I don't buy this. I mean, I I do I do buy that law school is probably a fuck fest. All that stuff that he said it being kind of high stress and you being, you know, in you know, you not being able to branch out and meet new people because you're right. always just doing law school all the time. Yeah, but it's like a little bit like working in a restaurant sort of. It's like, yeah, but that's like so expensive. Like think about, I mean, the expense versus, you know, I don't know. What's the what's the, I have what's to the send, tunic cost at the Ren Fair? I have to send a check to the government every month mm-hmm. for almost $2,000 because my wife went to law school. <laughs> and I have to do this for the next t- either 20 or 30 years. I don't remember which one it yeah. is. I can't I can't imagine that's worth it just for the fuck fest. What just kind of, go to the rent. That's fair. a two what, year what fuck kind of, fest. What kind of lawyer is she? She's not a lawyer. That's the worst part. Oh no. Well no, that's for the best. I like having her around and her not being miserable. Yeah. And here's another issue. You know, my wife is a, a pseudo intellectual property <laughs> lawyer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so But I was so, curious about your wife. I was <laughs> honestly So she manages the money for the guy who directed Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> That's, very That's good. pretty good. <laughs> Morris and Katz. <laughs> Let's That's take another sad. call. Hey, Jordan and Jesse. Just calling in about your fuck fest chart. Oh, you do um, kids. As someone who <laughs> has hung around with Ren Fair people, um, anime convention people, and also lockers, I have a lot of experience with those sorts of communities. And I think all three of them will fail your obnoxiousness levels. Um, I like them. I think they're fun. Um, but rent fair, you will get a pretty good gender dynamic. I think it might be 60-40 in favor of females at Renaissance festivals. And at LARPing, from what I've seen, it's live action role playing. Um, it's about a 40-60 split, 40% female, which isn't bad. And I have had a lot of crazy stories about people from LARP. And it can be pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking for, like, crazy sex times, you kind of have to be a nerd. That's how it is now. Or a porn star. Maybe I'm Bye. just reading too much into her voice, but I'm pretty sure she finds me attractive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. la, 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 Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jonathan Katz. And Tom Snyder. Guys, how exciting is it to have you guys come out on our program? It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. On our little show? It's not a look. We have fucking, we have a huge audience. Sure. We're very powerful men. Yeah. But on our little show, mm-hmm. we call the shots yeah. around here. The girl Do at not the comic book us. store recognized me the other day. Did the girl at the comic yeah. book store recognize you? Oh, that's great. Anyway, so that's the kind of fame you guys could be expecting after coming on our show. Oh, we're going to get likes. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lots people are going to click on like on mm-hmm. Explosion They're Bus. They're going to subscribe yeah. to I Explosion Bus. Like, yeah. I think that's I think that's definitely going to happen. Uh, you, Jonathan, you have do, did you ever get recognized for Doctor Katz? Yeah, if I was wearing my Doctor Katz T-shirt and going and pointing, <laughs> <laughs> you point at the character, yeah. then point at your face. It and depended then, on how squiggly you were in a given day. And then and then I would say to the people at the next table in the restaurant. Thank you very much. I enjoy making it, regardless of what they had said. <laughs> Tom, I imagine the Dr. Katz years for you were mostly about explaining to people that you weren't the guy that came on after Letterman. Yes, and uh, uh, that, that sucked. <laughs> he, he actually sued me, uh, sued me because the name of the, our production company when we were doing Dr. Katz was Tom Snyder Productions, <laughs> which was his company name too, which I hadn't realized. Holy moly! Yeah, and uh, but he did. Nobody won. You but, tangled with Snyder. Uh, we did. We did. His, well, our, his lawyer with our lawyer. If you tangle with Snyder, you also got Charles Grodin on your ass. <laughs> Snyder <laughs> yeah. and Grodin. Oh, they come together. They do. Yeah. That guy's that guy's a real nasty. Get Grodin <laughs> he fights in there. dirty. Jeff, Tom, you wanted. You were saying you were kind of waiting for the end of the show to ask us something. Oh, that's an internet question. Okay, okay. and it, it's going to sound like we I, know the internet. Yes. Yeah. But it's going to sound like I'm. Uh, Plugging. Should, should you be vlogging? No. Is that your question? Tom, before you ask your question, could I tell one more story about my mother-in-law? Yeah, please. Because when my father-in-law, the late Lou Cates, was a great guy, came home with uh, the first computer in their in their home, uh, my mother-in-law said, Daddy bought the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good yeah. grandma thing to say. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if that's Hi, Charlotte. A, yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah, she's listening probably, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Um, so John and I who met and uh, started doing TV animated shows and were on five networks and had a lot of shows and figured out how to do it. And we decided we wanted to do an internet animated show. Right. That was scripted. Yeah. And so my original brilliant idea was to, instead of this short form thing that everyone was doing, do a regular half-hour animated show. You were going to zag when other people were zigging. Exactly. And also... Jesse, no, no need for racial slurs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and we had another hook, which was much like Lost, which had this ongoing narrative that was turned out to be ultimately vastly disappointing. <laughs> we were going to have a Lost kind of structure to Explosion Bus, which it does. You know, mm-hmm. we, it's written out five years, and it's a comedy that has that kind of twisted... Like how the fuck could that be happening? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe what? Maybe that's something else. And we found out very quickly you can't do a half hour. Uh, you can't, you know, with your own little network that you're just starting in your house. Mm-hmm. Right. People. No want, one wants to sit at their computer and watch a thing for half an, half hour, an hour long unless you get it on their Netflix or something. Yeah. And so then we went down to five minutes. And then when we were at five minutes, we found out you can't do these extended narratives because there just isn't time. There's time for a beginning and an ending maybe or no middle or choose one of those three things. And you right. have to get rid of it. Right. So you can't have uh, all that interesting plot. And then recently we heard it's really three minutes. This is from experts at YouTube you know, uh-huh. advising us. And uh, so uh, what do you think, uh, you know, if you were, you know, from what you're seeing, because you probably see and even talk to people who are trying to do stuff like this. This is an honest, I'm pleading sure. with you for the right answer. My video show is 12-ish minutes long. 
Jordan, you've been working on these YouTube shows, which are largely in that same sort of area, right? Yeah, yeah. I th- I, I think this is just my my opinion, having kind of worked in this zone for about a year, is that the you know kind of the conventional wisdom is that like oh these are all just kind of over caffeinated twelve year olds and it's got to be in and out and you know. In a, in a minute, mm-hmm. I think that is it's changing, but it's changing slowly. I think that people, people, you know, the YouTube audience will sit for something that's a little bit longer, but still kind of err on the side of short. But also, you know, don't you know make make it good first, and they'll sit through it. Um, and maybe maybe I would the my my advice would be make it self contained within the episode. Make yes. it so you don't have to have That's watched other stuff. And so lose the big narrative arc. Yeah, yeah. just kind I mean, of make I know it... you're married to the smoke monster. But... Yeah, <laughs> I am. We'll explain it too. But just yeah. Tell us about the 12-minute show. What happens during those 12 minutes? Well, it's, it has segments. The 12-minute show is not a narrative show. This is a nonfiction show. Mm. And it is – it's sort of – we do one big – it's about menswear. And we have one main feature in the show, a couple of very short 90-second segments, and uh, usually one sort of two- or three-minute segment. Um, and we've, we did that because of arrogance mm-hmm. primarily, and it probably isn't as good as if we hadn't done that. Do you think we need a contest in every animated three minute? Mm-hmm. You should probably, <laughs> probably get a contest contests, in there. Yeah. yeah. What else? You got to get a good part at the end where they say, where something funny happens that convinces you to click the subscribe button. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Subscribe if you like. Big boobies and then have some boobs come up. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think first and foremost, you should just think about quality, making it a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah and then, but, you know, keep in mind, what if this is the first one that people are seeing? Like, because I think more often than not, it is with web stuff, you know. Well, certainly if you have, like, we have like 80,000 viewers or something like that. And so that's tiny compared to what you might want to have. So you figure every important viewer is a first-time viewer from building up. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think um, it's, it's confusing for people when something seems chopped up for the sake of time, like where it doesn't begin and end appropriately. I think a lot of people do that. I think they, you know, some some cokey executive told them that kids only sit still for 90 seconds and then they make arbitrary cuts and then the thing looks like nonsense. Well, one disturbing thing you said um, is that it's important to have quality. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's a I really know. big concern for us too. Yeah, I mean, we've one of the reasons we've gone into podcasting is quality is much less of an issue mm-hmm. here. Um, we're really we really focus on metadata, sure, um, and that's where most of our audience comes from. Is we p- get some really solid search terms in every episode description. And they really liked it when we did the Gangnam Style dance. Yeah, absolutely. Or you know, remember when Jackie Joyner Kersey died, and we talked briefly about Jackie Joyner Kersey and put that in the tags. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just blew up because everyone was searching was... Jackie Joyner Kersey. We were the comedy podcast of record on Jackie Joyner Kersey. Yeah, is she dead? Flojo, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. There's a by my by my Wait, mom's that's house. Florence Griffith Joiner. Oh, okay. Who what? Who was? The... You're mixing up the track stars with uh, twelve inch long fingernails. Oh, okay. Flojo, I know Flojo is dead. 
Okay. Because Flojo's near my mom's house guy. is the Flojo Memorial Park. Ah. You, know, you know who will never be a uh, guest on Explosion Bus? Who's that? For obvious reasons. Us? Uh, Rosa Parks. Explosion <laughs> no, <Rosa laughs> <Parks>. Bus. <laughs> no, you'll be guests. You'll be guests. Uh, great. Well, we're looking yeah, forward we would, to it. We would love to. We're doing, yeah. Hey, I'm not trying to brag or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, Jordan and I recently appeared on an hour-long uh, uh, t- internet television show called The Engadget Show, mm-hmm. where I was the voice of a generic Scooby-Doo villain. I, you, I know you said you didn't want to be bragging, but yeah. it does sound a little cocky. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. Engadget, that's like the second biggest gadget website on the internet. Yeah, which I read every day without It's no fail. Gizmodo, but... Yeah, but it's right up there. It is up there. I mean, it is right up there. It is neck and yeah. neck. Jockeying... For first, yeah. I mean, you want to know is yeah. the, does the Microsoft Surface live up to the hype? <laughs> Got to get to go to Engadget. Do you want to see the new Nokia unboxing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you guys um, doing any unboxing at all? Mm-hmm. Unboxing is a really mm-hmm. key strategy. Yeah. For well, what is the uh, Apple's new iPad called? The Mini. Yeah. Can you say the full name of it? Uh, iPad Mini, which is so different. I ask. <laughs> Some young lady last night, she has a mini pad. And that sounds like a... <laughs> okay, like God. Of, no, go like, on the internet, watch Explosion Bus. You can go there on uh, YouTube or explosionsbus.com. Yeah. Great. Uh, or Facebook. Guys, it has been so great to have you on the show. Such an honor to have you on the show. Such a pleasure. Um, you're welcome anytime you're in Los Angeles oh, to join us. God on the, damn. On the Thank program. you, Theater. <laughs> <laughs> 206-984-4FUN. JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Especially you ladies in Seattle. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Brian Fernandez on the board. Hey, Jesse, do you, if there's any... Any attractive young people in the audience? Should we can can they should we have them here while we do the next episode to see if that improves things? Because there any way that maybe Brian yeah. can call some of his attractive young? Friends? How about this? If Fill you're the room, an attractive young person, yeah. in the Los Angeles area, <laughs> email us at jjgo at maximumfund.org. Comes, We're going to bring you in. This We're is a very small in. room. Look, we're in. We're near downtown Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right by MacArthur Park. We're going to bring you in for a live taping. We're going to see if it helps things if it pop, juices things up. If you know what we're talking about, subtle, subtle, subtle angle. Subtle. You've got <laughs> parameters. Email us of, for of real. Attractive, attractive young people. <laughs> JJGo at maximumfun.org. Let's make this happen. Eighteen or older only, please. <laughs> or with with parent. Right. If you have an attractive younger parent, sure. If your parent is filthy, (laughs) (laughs) filthy parent, (laughs) filthy rich. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Our theme is Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. (laughs) 